This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big question, where can I find beauty? We're asking this question today to Jess Wilson. Jess is a musician, artist, and mother of three boys. She loves design and all things creative, and she joins me now. Jess, welcome to Bigger Questions. Thanks, Rob. It's great that you could join us. Now, you're a musician and an artist. Now, have you created anything or a piece of art or music that you consider particularly beautiful at all? I couldn't actually say something like one piece that um, is a real outstanding. Right. Well, everything everything you do is beautiful, is it? (laughs) Oh, Oh, I wish. But um, no, I think actually, to be honest, it's probably the things that are imperfect. And, And actually, so I love pottery and I love working on the wheel. And um, and I think when I look back to some of my earliest pieces that are really wonky and wobbly, they're some of my favourite pieces. So wow. and I can't recreate that. I think once you learn how to do something in a certain way, it's really hard to get that same you know organic wobbly look again. <laughs> so so there's, there's beauty in imperfection, then perhaps. That's exactly. Or, or is it beauty in the process of learning how to? pot or, or do a big pottery or whatever yeah well I think that's that's part of it too I, I see it in my kids artwork you know like when they bring home their big big um, butcher's paper filled with splashes of paint and I just love that I think there's so much beauty in that and I would mm. put that up on my wall before I put up a piece of my artwork on the wall <laughs> it's great that you can join us today to talk about beauty Jess and to kick off bigger questions we like to ask a couple of smaller questions just to get us thinking today we're talking with Jess Wilson about beauty so Jess I thought we'd test you on how much you know about beautiful people okay now there's two questions both multiple choice Question one, the website Women in the World suggests that the supermodel Bella Hadid was the most beautiful woman in the world. Now, according to this website, why was she so beautiful? Was it because A, she has a beautiful personality, she has lots of friends and always treats people with dignity and respect? Was it B, because she volunteered to help make 500 meals for a Christian mission to help feed needy people in New York? Or was it C, because she has the perfect face Perfect jawline, attractive eyes, perfect lips, and the face shape? Or was it D, because she sacrificed her career to look after her sick grandmother? So according to Women in the World, why was Bella Hadid the most beautiful woman in the world? Mm. Well, um, I'd like to think it was some of the other answers, but I would say if it's coming from that website, I would go with C. Well, it is. That's correct. C is the correct answer. And apparently Bella Hadid was declared the most beautiful woman in the world after her facial features passed a science test that determines what constitutes the perfect face. And this science test is known as the golden ratio of beauty, phi, where key features are roughly in a 1.6 ratio to other features. Now, apparently this ratio was used by artists in the European Renaissance as an aid to creating their masterpieces. Now, have you ever heard of this golden ratio of beauty? Have you ever use that in your paintings? No, but uh, I can imagine it makes a lot of people feel pretty insecure. <laughs> I was going to get a measuring tape on my face. <laughs> so you don't use it in your painting? No, <laughs> no I don't, Rob. But, right. uh... And you don't demand it from your children when they do artworks to say you've got to have the golden <laughs> ratio of beauty? Out the ruler. I'm trying to teach them. Right, okay. <laughs> 
Well, you're doing well, Jess. We're doing well, but we've got another question as well. Question two. Now, for many years, the People magazine has put out a list of the 50 or more recently, the most 100 most beautiful people in the world. Now, who has been on the cover the most number of times? Was it A, Michelle Pfeiffer, B, Julia Roberts, C, Margaret Thatcher, or D, Mother Teresa? So who has been on the, the face of the People magazine the most number of times? I thought you were going to say yourself. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Well, you wouldn't vote for that one though, would you? <laughs> uh, I will go for D, Mother Teresa. Well, no, she's actually not ever appeared on the front of the People magazine, Most Beautiful People. It's actually B, Julia Roberts. Mm, uh, she's been the most beautiful face five times, which is more than anybody else. Mm. Well, Jess, your answers are beautiful because you passed... You got one of our two smaller questions right. And if we had a live audience here today, we'd give you a big round of applause. Thank you. So, Jess, there are lots of beautiful people in the world, even perhaps mathematical formulas to determine beauty. But what exactly is beauty? Yeah, well, it is such a broad term, isn't it, that we use to describe so many things. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, it is really hard to pin down, actually, because... There's beauty in creation and nature around us and there's beautiful people and, you know, external beauty and internal beauty. Um, there's beautiful smells and, you know, sounds. We experience beauty through all our different senses. Yeah, it's, it's such a broad term and I think often used really flippantly. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, I think it probably is what evokes a sense of pleasure I think something that we experience and then it evokes yeah that sense of satisfaction and pleasure and enjoyment you know like looking mm. at a beautiful I'm looking right now I'm looking I set myself up so I'd be looking at this amazing scene of gum trees I'm on a second story and just looking out on the treetops and I set myself up here because I thought I need to be looking at beauty when I'm talking about beauty <laughs> for a bit of inspiration. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, for me that that evokes that sense of pleasure, like looking out, I can see the clouds and the blue sky and then these beautiful gum trees mm. and the, the, the beautiful coloured trunks and it really is enjoyable and pleasurable mm. and mm. makes me feel at peace. So do you think that beauty then can be determined by a mathematical formula? Um, well, clearly, according to that, that um, magazine, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not so much in my experience. It feels like something's a bit more wild and difficult to pin down. Mm. Uh, mm. Now, there's a sense that we know that beauty is, is merely skin deep. It's external. But why do you think that we're attracted to the physically beautiful? Yeah, I think that's such a good question to ponder because, mm. yeah, you think what is behind that? What's the purpose of all this beauty, it's everywhere, it's all around us and we are drawn to it. So why is that? Um, and I think that it comes down to me, it's it's knowing that um, God is our creator and he has chosen to create this beautiful world. So he, he clearly values beauty and I would say enjoys beauty mm. and that he's created us beautiful as people and, and this beautiful world um, for him to enjoy and for us to enjoy with him. So for you, reflecting on beauty is a spiritual experience? 
Yeah, um, I think it can it can go between spiritual and non-spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes I am just looking at beauty and just appreciating it or I'm surrounded by it and not even aware, you know, you can go for walks in such beautiful places and be kind of blinded to it at times. Um, but I do find that when I'm tuning in on a spiritual level, everything is turned up. It's like it's enhanced and it just elicits a response in me that, um, yeah, that often just turns into praise of God and, and right. just, yeah, seeing things through a different lens. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're often, as we said, we're often attracted to the physically beautiful, but can that mean that beauty then becomes very superficial? Um, I think it has the danger of that. Um, yeah, I think um, when we pursue it as the sole goal, just to to seek beauty and pleasure um, in itself, I think that's when it can become dangerous and um, then it's, it's not satisfying. I think it actually mm. leaves us wanting and it leaves us dry and unsatisfied. Um, what do you mean by it won't make you satisfied? Um, I think that when we're, when we're experiencing beauty in the way we're designed to, um, not trying to grasp hold of it or um, just pursue that in itself, then there's a real freedom in it. We can hold it lightly. We can enjoy it. We can invite it when it comes. We can let it go, you know, like there's there's a freedom about it and it, and it can kind of, yeah, I think it can bounce off us and refresh us. Uh, whereas when we kind of just go after it, yeah, I think that that's not the point. I think we miss the point then and we go down a path that is not going to give us that that same life and enjoyment and pleasure mm. in the long run. Mm. Well, this is partly connected to your story, isn't it? Because you, you mean you love beautiful things, particularly in design and homewares, but you, this was part of your journey as well, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I um, I I had a particular time um in my life where I was really confronted with this this choice. Because um, well, you, when you said you love beautiful things, didn't you? Like you, you really loved, uh, particularly in homewares and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think because I I do enjoy dabbling in the creative world, that I I do like looking at nice things. Um, so sometimes things like you know on Instagram or um, on certain design blogs and things, I can really just get into that in a big way. <laughs> And, um, and yeah, initially it starts off so wonderful, but then I find it just has a really strong pull on me. Mm. Um, and it's like, I just keep wanting more and more and I sort of crave it almost like this. Yeah. And it kind of directs me and, and pulls me a bit. What's wrong with that? I said, this is intriguing because you're attracted to beautiful things, aren't they? Like what, what, is, what, what sort of things do you, do you like? Like, uh, what sort of things would pull you in? Like, is it a, a nice, nicely designed house or a, a flower arrangement or something like what, what, what is it that? both those things um yeah I love flower arranging I love nice houses and nice spaces and I think that those things are beautiful and they're important and I think you know beautiful space can create you know uh like it can really shape how you feel and how people feel when they come into that space and how you welcome people in and all that sort of thing so I think it's powerful and it's beautiful and wonderful in its right place but um 
when I start having my focus on those things, I can tell there's a shift in me. It becomes, yeah, more of a, like, yeah, I think craving is the word. It's like this, a craving that then starts to control me and that dictates then how much time I spend. Like I, I kind of lose the control. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Didn't you have to ban yourself from looking at um, home magazines or something at one point because of yes. this? Yeah, so that was probably about, uh, well, it must have been, it was when my, my first son was born. I was really into all the homeware stuff and the magazines and websites and things, design websites at the time. And I remember finishing up work and um, and I just had him and I was thinking this is going to be an amazing year. I've got the whole year off and I'm just going to like dive in and indulge, like look at all this stuff. I'm going to get so creative, like look at all the beautiful colours and this and that. And I was just so ready. And, yeah, I I, um, I remember a specific time when I was over at my parents' house in the early days and my son had just gone to sleep and my parents had gone for a walk and it was one of those really rare moments in those early days where I had some time to myself, just quiet. It was like, this is golden. And my parents were doing a kitchen reno at the time and as I was just sitting there in the lounge room thinking, okay, what am I going to do with this precious time? I looked up at the coffee table in front of me and on the left side there was this stack of ha- like home magazines and design magazines and I just, like, I couldn't believe my luck. Oh, <laughs> let me at it. And I was just about to dive in and and then I looked over to the other end of the coffee table and there was the Bible just sitting there. And I felt this pang of conviction and this sudden very acute awareness that I was facing a choice. And and I didn't like it, actually. No. <laughs> I, was, I don't want that choice. I was ready to get into these magazines. And um, that I felt this conviction and, and, I, and it stopped me. And, and I got these words in my head that I knew was God speaking to me and um, and it was something about um, um, like um, why spend money on what's not bread or there was only a portion of it, like something about the bread. And I was like, what is that verse? I know, God, you're saying to me something and I don't really want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I Googled it and, and this verse came up from Isaiah 55 and it said, why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. And I just, like, it was so clear what he was saying to me. He was he was talking to me at the very start of this year that I had that I intended to indulge in the, in the you know, what does not satisfy. <laughs> um, and he was, you know, giving me this choice. Am I going to, to feed on, on these things that ultimately are, are going to leave me unsatisfied or am I going to seek him and feed on him and mm, his yeah. word and and that that's going to bring delight and satisfaction and yeah it was that time that I had to make that choice and you know I'm so glad I chose to pursue him and and I um, I decided to give myself a detox from all the magazines and stuff because it was such a strong pull at the time because I had gone down that path. And so I even banned myself from the magazine aisle at the supermarket for a period of time until, you know, I felt like it wasn't controlling me. 
Mm. Um, and then I just had the most beautiful year of of just indulging in him. You know, I wow. just listened to lots of sermons and read lots lots of his word, and yeah, had lots of time with him. And I felt like I truly was so filled up and satisfied in him. It was a real gift. So what was unsatisfying about the beautiful magazines and the beautiful things that they showed? I think that they just left me wanting more. Like, yeah, left me wanting more and it just fueled this craving. So I think it just showed me that that was such a dead end. And there's still times when I go down that path. Mm. Um, and even at the moment we're looking at building a house down the track so I'm starting to open up these magazines. And I'm <laughs> right of this balance you know and for me I think the key is that I just make sure I'm close to God and that my values are rooted in him mm. and I keep seeking him you know as I'm looking at these things and keeping on asking him and checking in is this in line with you know what you value and yeah yeah but it's a hard one it's hard yeah. is there a paradox here because these things are beautiful but when you get them or desire them, you, you find that they're also not quite satisfying for you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think we need to hold these things lightly or I need to hold these things lightly and really seek my true satisfaction in him. Um, and then I think those things, I can delight freely in those things as well, um, And but they're in the right place, you know, they're in the right order. Mm. So why God then? Why, why does God satisfy you in a way that beautiful homewares and pottery and art couldn't? I think because he is the source of it all. Um, and, and you know, he's he is like pure beauty. There's no imperfection or no, you know, it's not warped in any way. It's, you know, I think about his character and it's, 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 perfect beauty you know there's just it's pure love and and just this beautiful sacrificial selfless love that is on display and freely held out to me and you know as I as I come and yeah just spend time with him and in his presence I feel like yeah he shows me who I am so loved and um and precious and secure in him and it just releases me into freedom and delight and joy and peace. So, how, how does it do that? Those those things that this is a way that obviously, when you were searching after you know beautiful magazines and things, that you almost felt enslaved to it. But you say when you followed God, that there's freedom and peace. So, how does that happen? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> It's just been my experience that as I spend time, you know, dwelling on his word and experiencing that and, and letting that shape my life and the way I think and, and that then the fruit of that is those beautiful things, that freedom and that joy mm -hmm. and peace. And, um, yeah, I think it's the way he's designed us, you know, if, when we align ourselves with that, it's it's right and then things are in their place and so is the bible saying therefore that the magazines and the things that they represent are meaningless and not beautiful at all i think that yeah there's a lot of beautiful things and and most art and things really have their origin in 
the creation around us. Like most artists get their inspiration from nature and, and things that he's already made and has put around us. So, um, yeah, I think that the origin is there and, and there is beauty from it. But I think um, it's not the source. It's, you yeah. know, like you're just pursuing just that in itself. That's not going to lead us mm. to life and abundance. <laughs> I think it will lead us to a lack, a feeling of lack and want, whereas I think he, he has fullness and abundance for us. Mm. Uh, it reminds me of that verse in Ephesians that says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Mm. And I think he is offering that his fullness is on offer to us and that, um, yeah, that when we are full, we're operating out of a sense of fullness rather than a sense of lack, Mm. then it's just that's how he wants us to be and we can be fully satisfied in him. And, um, and I think then we don't chase after these things that don't satisfy because we're already filled. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, there was also a sense of perspective, putting things perhaps in their right order. Mm, yeah, I think that's true, yes. Um, and I experience that, you know, when I when I get it out of whack, when I'm that's out of balance and I, I'm just pursuing those those other things in themselves, then... Yeah, I do come up dry. Mm. Whereas when I when I am feeding on him and just all these other things, it's like I said before, it's like they're turned up. The the colour is enhanced. <laughs> you know, like everything's more enjoyable, and yeah, it's overwhelming sometimes. Mm. So, what is beautiful about God that you can't find anywhere else? Oh, there's so many things about God that is so beautiful. There's so many aspects actually, and. Every time I explore any of those, they fill me and they shape me in a way that leads me to life and and joy and all those good things. Um, and I think it overflows to others as well. And that's in in contrast to when I'm kind of you know pursuing other things, other other sort of forms of so-called beauty in themselves. That um, yeah, I don't experience that, but. Yeah, I guess God's character. Um, mm-hmm. I love focusing on that and thinking about different aspects of his character. I find it very life-giving. Um, and so, you know, his love, it's its just boundless and endless and personal and and I see it everywhere. I see, you know, when I go for a walk, I'll, I'll actually, when I'm focusing on these things, I'll see a bunch of blossom hanging down over me and it will feel like God's just holding out a a bouquet of beautiful flowers for me. I experience it personally um, in all the metaphors around me. Um, And his humility, you know, his his power. I love I love his, you know, the fact that he's the creator and and the king of all kings. And yet he came to earth in total humility, driven by love for us in that desire to reconcile us to him and then he offers that out to us. He doesn't force it on us. It's it's there. He's done it all. I just find that so beautiful. Mm, that's in the, in the person and work of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find Jesus beautiful? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Jesus reflects um, God in, in all his beauty and, you know, look through the the Gospels, the story of Jesus um, recorded in the Bible, and 
um, there's just countless, countless stories of his beauty on display. And, um, you know, he's always um, driven by his love for people and his compassion and seeing the outcast and the broken and wanting to restore. Um, it's just so beautiful and so counter to so many of my own um, initial inclinations, you know, of, um, of you know, my, my tendency to be self-focused and seeking my own needs first. And um, so in contrast, I find that just exquisitely beautiful. Mm. And there's also a big contrast as well to the way that our world sees beauty. But you know, perhaps if we reflect on, you know, Bella Hadid. I mean, she's a beautiful person, I'm sure. But our con our concept in our culture is that it's actually the exterior, the physical, is where beauty is resides. But actually, Jesus shows us maybe there's something deeper, something bigger there going on. Yes. Yeah. And it says in the Bible, actually, it says that there was nothing um, attractive about Jesus physically. There's nothing that would um, attract us to him. Um, physically so I love how that's written in there because gosh he, he was followed by so many people yeah. and um, so yeah obviously it's showing that's not it that's that's not yeah that's that's interesting so exterior he was physically unattractive but the most beautiful person perhaps that you've ever met yeah yes yeah yeah so Jess you're a creative person with music art pottery and so on how is that reflected in your faith I think I would love to be able to say, oh, yeah, I, um, I paint in response to my faith, you know, but I don't feel like it's quite that clear. I think it's just how God's made me and wired me that I enjoy doing those things. And when I am, um, you know, seeking him and I, th I think then that those things are even more satisfying and enjoyable for me and that, Oh, you know that movie that, um, oh, what's it called, The Chariots of Fire? Right. Um, and how there's a quote in there that um, it's about that runner and he he says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. I feel yeah. God's Eric pleasure. Eric Liddell, yeah. Yeah, and I think that I am reminded of that quote quite a lot when I'm when I'm doing the things that I think God's made me to do. Um, you know, even if there's not a purpose or I don't come out with this amazing outcome or anything, but, you know, when I am on the pottery wheel, I feel his pleasure. You mm. know, when I'm doing these things, I feel his pleasure. And I think that's how it's really linked for me. Mm. So, Jess, where can I find beauty? Well, um, as we know, that's a really big question. <laughs> but for me, I find beauty in in my relationship with God, um, it all stems from there. Well, let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to the big question, where can I find beauty? From Isaiah 55, 2. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Thanks very much to our guest today. Jess Wilson. Thanks, Rob.